Welcome to our morning worship and we've now entered into the period of Lent. Lent is a time of reflection, of prayer, of self-examination and I want to encourage you to engage positively with Lent through this season. Last week we looked at the Lord's Prayer and thought about that very simple prayer as Jesus taught his disciples what they should say. And I want to follow on with those words through Lent to think more closely about it line by line. And today we're going to think about Father, hallowed be your name. And as we think about that, I want to think about that in terms of being on a journey. Being on a journey with our Father. So let's open with this very simple version of the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. As Jesus was praying in a certain place and after he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. As we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Do not bring us to the time of trial. Amen. As this is a time of repentance, we often say uh, Psalm 51, and there is just a couple of lines I want to give to you today. Verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And so we confess our sins. Father, when our words and actions have hurt family and friends, Lord, have mercy. When our selfishness and greed has hurt those we do not see, Christ, have mercy. When our inaction has not protected the vulnerable, Lord, have mercy. Jesus came with the good news of forgiveness. He will return to free us from guilt, shame and injustice. Thanks be to God. We continue now with a great hymn, great Lenten hymn. Father, hear the prayer we offer, not for ease that prayer should be.
Father, hallowed be your name. What Rowan Williams said about prayer was that it begins with, um, with Christian prayer, is that it begins with the realisation that we have a relationship with the Father. And, uh, and it also begins then a journey with him. And I wanted to think about journey, which is a little bit odd in this context, because, of course, we can't go anywhere. We are stuck at home. But journey is still the thing, the biblical image, which tells us how we have a relationship with the Father. I wanted to find a, a, a Bible journey to tell you about. And I, I kind of thought about, well, we could have had Abraham, or we could have had um, Jacob, or we could have had Joseph, or we could have had uh, the, uh, we could have Moses, we could have um, um, Joshua, uh, we could have had, and it went on, and it went on, we went on. What, New Testament? Well, Jesus himself, as soon as he's baptised, he starts wandering around and going on a journey. And then uh, in the middle of Mark's gospel, he's confronted with, with, the, the, with Peter declaring who he is and he sets out on a journey to Jerusalem. We could have had that. We could have had uh, Paul and his missionary journeys, Peter going on journeys as well. All kinds of journeys Tell me a bit of this Bible. I've left out the, the, uh, uh, the period of exile. Tell me a bit of this Bible that is not about journey. So I uh, went to one very famous. And we're going to hear uh, uh, the reading of this. It's a journey in the period of resurrection. But the two on the road do not know that Jesus is risen. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. 
Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. The story of the Emmaus Road is one of those stories which becomes our story. How did you first hear about Jesus Christ? What, what steps did you take on that journey? How did he come alongside you so that he found you, even before you realised it? We need to be seeing how Jesus is with us and with our world through the situations that we find ourselves in today. And so they walked and they talked, and they engaged. Now, I'm going to make some commitments this Lent period, and I would like you to make them too. I want you to think consciously about our discipleship, our following of Jesus, how we are going to be on that journey. So I'm going to encourage you, to uh, do more of that exercise. Somebody said to me that uh, when we only had an hour a day to exercise in the first lockdown, we all went out and used that hour. When the rules became more relaxed, we kind of often didn't do that full hour. We actually did less. I want to encourage you to be involved in that. Just over a year ago, before, the, uh, before we were aware of the effects of the pandemic, I began the Couch to 5K, and I've kept going. So I'm going to make a commitment to run 100 kilometres over Lent. And I'm going to do that thinking about how God is with me every step of the way. Using our bodies, not just sitting still, because those two disciples of Jesus could have just sat in a room and remained miserable. We need to get out. We need to see the world. And as we look around, we need to realise how wonderful it is what we've got, what David Attenborough calls a perfect planet. We have something wonderful here. Father, hallowed be your name. But we also need to study. 
Jesus was able to talk to them about all the things that have happened because he was able to explain from his knowledge of the scriptures and the knowledge of God. So I'm going to take some time to study the Bible. And I'd like you, perhaps I'll give you the opportunity to engage with that and join me a a couple of times a week. I'm going to look to see if we can do Thursday evenings. and You can come and join me in studying the Bible. And then... Jesus is recognised in the breaking of the bread. The food we eat, that physicality, that, that conscious eating of food. Lent is, of course, thought of as the time when you give up good things. But be conscious about what you're eating. For what Jesus has done is reconciled us humanity to God and to all that he's given us and we have to recognize that what we've been eating not necessarily been great for our bodies and not great for the world so I'm making a commitment to add an extra vegetarian meal a plant-based meal to my diet this week through Lent with the intention of carrying that on and maybe next year I'll add another one and keeping that going Because this relationship is really important. But the breaking of the bread was also considered to that point where you know Jesus. And I think it's about us coming to him in prayer. So how are we going to consciously build up our prayer life? Not so that we're asking more and more things, but we are hearing from our Father. Rowan Williams said, and I just want to emphasise this, it is not the length of time that you pray. Just keep it very simple and frequent. It isn't where you pray, it's not how you stand, whether you hold your hands together in the right way, whether you kneel or, or whatever you do. It is just talking to your Father. And then lastly, The next thing that those two disciples did, as soon as they heard the good news, they knew Jesus, they ran to tell others. And so our harmony with others around us is really important. Maintaining our communication, whether it's through the dreaded Zoom, whether it's on the telephone, whether it's the people we see out on our walk, and who we give thanks for in our prayers as we are walking. Just keep that community going. So, these are my commitments for Lent. To exercise, to study, to pray, to live in harmony with creation and do that through the conscious way that I am changing the way that I eat. Living in harmony with others. Five commitments for Lent. Next week we're going to think about justice and your kingdom come. But you might have noticed we've got this, uh, this little candle here. It's in a pot. It's a pot from Malawi. 
It's a slightly broken prot. I dropped it at some point and a bit cracked off, but that's fine. It was a pot given out at, uh, by the uh, church in Malawi to friends and supporters. And uh, we have someone going to Malawi who uh, came through um, uh, St. Mary's Hadnam, part of this community here. And uh, she's going off to, to, to lead a, an education project in the Lake Malawi diocese. And I want us to think about that journey, the journey of others that we can enter into. We can pray. We can know we're part of a global community. We can study and learn, and we can discover the gospel from those who Lucy will be encountering. And so now we head into our prayers. The image featured during our prayers today is a simple pot from Malawi. It's one of hundreds given to partners of the Anglican Church in Malawi. Lucy Ward, a former member of St Mary's Hadnam, has often visited Malawi and is preparing now to journey there again, this time to live there and to work on training teachers so she can support education. It seems appropriate to use this pot with a candle as a focus for our prayers today as we think about our Father and our journey. The pot is broken and I was tempted to throw it away but it reminds me that we are all broken and that God will restore all things. As we pray we remember that God is our Father and he is Father to our sisters and brothers in Malawi and around the world. Even in lockdown we are on a journey with him. So, let us pray. Father, hallowed be your name. We thank you for the glory and wonder of creation, for the stars in infinite space and the smallest of emerging shoots. But you have told us that we can call you Father, Daddy, and by that we know you care for us. Give us confidence to come to you, knowing you will give your Holy Spirit to us. Just like the travellers on the Emmaus Road, we are downhearted. The pandemic has left us lonely and afraid. Enable us to recognise you as you walk with us. Open the scriptures to us so we can understand. Help us to recognise you in our daily bread. We give you thanks that all people call you Father, and you give us a family here and around the world. Like the travellers in Emmaus desired to go back to be with their friends, give us that same oh, wonderful desire. We cannot travel physically, but we can speak on the phone. We can send cards and letters and emails and use uh, Zoom and so on. We pray for Lucy Ward preparing to live among and learn from our family members in Malawi. We pray for members of our local churches who have recently moved away, people like Tony and Tricia and Hugh. We pray for those who are sick and suffering. 
broken like the pot in front of us, bring healing. We pray for those who mourn, especially for members of our own congregations who have recently died. Father, in all our journeying, help us to say, hallowed be your name. Amen. To conclude our prayers, we're just going to use this very simple Lord's Prayer. Oh, we are so familiar, whether it's in the traditional words or in the new words, we're so familiar with the traditional liturgical form. I want to challenge you to hear the power of the prayer in the way that Jesus said it in Luke's Gospel. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Do not bring us to the time of trial. Amen. Our final hymn is that journey hymn, Guide us, O thou great Redeemer. Thank you for being with us and worshipping with us today. Next week we'll continue with the Lord's Prayer. But make those commitments. Live this Lenten life. 
walk alongside Jesus and the blessing. The blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.